0: All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We just watched the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix and Sergio Checo Perez with the victory. For now, for sure, we think. We don't know for sure. This is John Massingale. I'm in the studio in Austin, Texas. Bob Varsha over Zoom and Chris Medlin will be joining us shortly. The other guys are not with us this afternoon or evening or night or wherever you are in the world. Bob, did you hear anything at the end? Yes, we will not have the Green Mayhem. He's over in uh, New Zealand. But uh, do we
1: think that Perez has got this victory? Well, uh, I'm still not clear on what exactly he did. I think, uh, you know, if he just pulled up alongside the safety car to try to get it to pick up speed, I'd say 10 seconds would be a kind of a harsh penalty. If it's five seconds. Um, you know, that seems closer to the bone as it were, but, you know, any way you look at it, if it's a five second penalty, he still wins the race. If it's 10 seconds, he loses it. And that would be a real shame because under the most difficult conditions imaginable, he drove a terrific race and led every lap and, uh, you know, deserves the win. And I was frankly a little disappointed that Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz at second and third couldn't pull up there. And give him more of a fight. But you heard Science saying I was steering with the back of the car most of the time, which tells me that he was sliding everywhere. So it was very difficult on everybody. Uh, a lot of attrition. I can't recall a race where I saw so many world champions hmm. make so many mistakes. Vettel, Alonzo, can't blame him for the engine letting go in the Alpine. Hamilton Hamilton, and Verstappen, and it went on and on and on. It was just a bizarre race in so many ways, and a bit of a snooze, I would say, which I can say because I personally fell asleep on two occasions. But, um, (laughs) you know, in the end, when things really started popping uh, in the second half of the race, uh, it it got a lot more interesting.
0: Well, I have to say that you're right, a bit of a snooze at the first part. At the end, though, it was pretty interesting because those two guys, Perez Mm -hmm. and Declare, were on the edge, on the limit for, what, the last 40 minutes or so? Yeah. That, that is a long time. Yeah, after those time.
1: restarts, after the restarts they, they, you know, just pulled away. And uh, so they were clearly in a race of their own, which we've seen a couple of other times this year with different drivers. So they were definitely on it. And uh, what Carlos Sainz had to say about the track drawing, too, I thought was interesting because you could see, when the dry line actually developed, it was still very wet offline where the cars weren't going to help remove the moisture. And so you had a, um, you know, a, a, a bizarre situation. You'd think the whole track would have dried at the end. But as, as Chris Medlin pointed out before the race, they use a funny kind of asphalt uh, in that part of the world, which retains moisture, whether, you know, deliberately or not. Um, And that can make it very difficult. The track just does not dry out completely where it's not being worked on. So anyway, I think a couple of jet dryers in the future, as we talked about (laughs) in the pre-race two hours, um, you know, might uh, might be useful in the future there in Singapore.
0: Well, I know I I tweeted early in the race about, you know, don't expect these uh, don't expect slicks anytime soon. And I looked up and that tweet was it was basically an hour before we saw multiple cars we saw russell come out early on slicks which was clearly too early but it was basically uh we were well over right about an hour into the race before we saw anybody get on slicks and even then it was arguably too early they weren't you know they were slower everybody was slower when they first came out on slicks so yeah yeah, that's a really interesting asphalt situation
1: I had trouble getting my head around that because they kept talking about when are they going to cross over? When are they going to cross over? We had Pirelli's Mario Isola, who directs their motorsports program on uh, our pre-race show, saying it's got to be a 152 lap time before it's going to be appropriate to think about slicks. So these guys are doing 159s, and the announcers kept saying, when are they going to switch? And I thought, that's weird. They're not going to switch for a while yet at this rate.
0: Yeah, and uh, like I said, Russell the first one out with that, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it time. Almost crashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost crashed. Wasn't mm-hmm. time for him to be out there. Speaking of Russell, he and Schumacher going at it pretty good too. Did you hear what Russell said about Schumacher? He said he's fighting like it's the race of his
1: life. Well, it it, it is the race <laughs> of his life. He's <laughs> yeah. Come on, George. You've been there. Come yeah, on. He's, he's fighting for his career. You bet he's going to try to keep you behind. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, good day for McLaren, right? I mean, they ended up very uh, good. Ended up, uh, with two cars way up into the points, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen uh, constructor standings update yet. I'm sure they're not yet, but that'll be uh, that'll mm-hmm. be a good, a good jump for McLaren finishing fourth and fifth. And yeah,
1: battling with uh, Alpine for fourth place in the championship, they uh, they picked up twenty two points. Alpine got one, no, none. They had finished with neither car in yeah. the points, so. Yeah, that was huge for McLaren today.
0: Yeah, that'll be a big big move for them. Uh but what about Carlos Sainz did seem to struggle though. You he, you know, he was talking about the asphalt, but he seemed to struggle a lot more than Leclerc today,
1: didn't he? Yeah, at first I thought he was just trying to play rear gunner for Leclerc, just try to keep everybody else back. But uh as we heard him say post race, he was he was struggling. He was having to adjust to the car. That was oversteering everywhere because uh, the back kept wanting to step out. So, yeah, he had his hands full with the car and uh, and did a great job to finish up there on the podium and help contribute to a great day for Ferrari. Uh, not that they have anywhere to go against Red Bull's huge uh, championship points lead in the constructors, but still a good day for Ferrari to get second and third and get all those points and you know and show some competitiveness here at the end of the season, you know, they've made so many mistakes, had so many problems. They, they really like McLaren uh, could use a good day and they got one today.
0: Yeah. And you know what, that's good for Ferrari to keep a a gap ahead of Mercedes because Mercedes was closing, has been closing that gap because of Mm -hmm. the consistency really of, of Russell more than Hamilton even, but both Russell and Hamilton have been scoring lots of points and they're closing that gap, so that'll that'll give them a little bit of breathing room after today uh, ahead yeah. of Mercedes. So and a good, you know, you have to say it's a good day for Ferrari. You know, as as tight as that was at the end, I really didn't. I would have been surprised had Leclerc been able to pass uh, Checo. I mean, there was a must too, but they seemed to make a mistake or two. You know, it was especially with about 20 minutes to go, they were both still sliding all over the track with 20 minutes to go on those, on the slicks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody uh, had difficult circumstances to deal with and and full credit to those who were able to keep the pointy end going forward as it were. Uh, While guys like Verstappen was into the runoff road and Lewis Hamilton, you know, uh, locked up and went straight on and Hamilton hit the fence (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, people were obviously working really hard. Latifi had got more crashes and other contact than I can recall right now. Um, so yeah, disappointing day for Sonoda. Um one point, I guess, for uh for Alpha Tauri through uh Pierre Gasly's effort. Uh that team continues to struggle a bit. We'd have thought that they'd they would have been tougher today, but you know, didn't work out that way.
0: Uh, We just heard from Chris Medland. He said he's got a bad connection for the moment. He's going to go out and get some interviews and get back with us. It's always really bad right after the race. Hopefully, he'll have uh, a little reprieve for that here. (laughs) Yeah, dial-up. That's about what he needs. So, hopefully, we'll hear back from Chris here shortly. He'll get some interviews for us. Uh, But, you know, really, overall, really bad day for Mercedes. I mean, uh, kind of a disaster.
1: Yeah, uh, but poor George Russell, I mean, he was just never on the pace this weekend, which is unusual for a guy who's been arguably the most consistently good driver in the series, you know, always finishing in the top five and now two instances, Great Britain being the other. um, That's a real head-scratcher for him. And then, of course, Hamilton had the car to start from third and, uh, you know, was battling in the top five until he threw it off the road. Uh, so, yeah, not a good day at all for Mercedes. And I don't recall seeing many of those pictures we're so used to getting of Toto Wolf sitting in the garage <laughs> grimacing or smiling or doing, you know, whatever, whatever he does as he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So, I don't know, maybe he got so, so upset his head exploded. But, um, yeah, that that was a difficult one for Mercedes. And Suzuka won't be a whole lot better. But, um, you know, then maybe circuit of the americas and and certainly uh brazil after mexico
0: yeah well let me give out the phone number in case anybody wants to call and join the conversation it's 512-643-5483 643 live yeah we'd love to hear from you guys got a couple of comments going on youtube right now uh nominal time says morning from central oregon it's time to race was plus or minus five laps question mark doesn't seem it was going to change the results as Verstappen. Yeah, I guess that sounds about right. Um like uh Kevin Kelly says pretty awesome. We only lost one lap. Uh, yep. and T and W says another poll for Leclerc where he doesn't win. Yikes. That is just a that is just a, a horrible a horrible stat for him that not only yep. that he doesn't win, but that 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 uh, um, Verstappen is the guy that's winning all those races where he's getting pole and not winning, but, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, I have to say it was a little bit slow, like you said at the beginning, but I think it made up for it at the end there with all of that good racing, because I say that I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, I say I would have been surprised if Leclerc had won, but it could have happened pretty easily because there was enough movement in those cars. They were sliding around enough that it could easily yeah. have happened.
1: Yeah. Big challenge for everybody. You saw when Alonzo got out of the car after his engine let go and he took his helmet off and was sitting behind the chain link fence. I mean, he was just, you know, sweating like a pedophile Um, and his hair was all matted and wet Uh, back when David Hobbs and I were calling these races for ESPN and Speed and Fox and what have you. David always used to notice when a driver got out of the car and wasn't sweating much because David (laughs) used to sweat a lot too in the car. But there were guys over the course of time like Terry Bootson from Belgium who won a handful of races in his Formula One career with Williams and other teams. He would never sweat. And he'd get out and his hair had looked like it had just been, you know, he'd just come from the salon. It was the most phenomenal thing. So that was uh, sort of our our measure of difficulty of the race is uh, how badly the drivers were sweating afterwards.
0: (laughs) I I missed Sergio Perez's comments about, he said it was the Mexican way. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he was referring to? He sounded emotional. No, I don't
1: know. I don't know what he was talking
0: about. Yeah, I uh, hopefully maybe maybe Chris caught it, we'll catch him when he gets back on. But, um, uh, yeah, let's look down the grid a little bit and see. about, about oh, We had six drivers didn't finish, right? We had Sonoda, Ocon, Albon, yeah. Alonzo, Latifi, and Zhou Guan Yu did not finish the race. And yeah, that's uh, heavy yeah. attrition. Yeah, heavy duty. Haas uh, cars disappointing, unfortunately. With all this, you know they just really haven't. After the wonderful start to the season, it's been mostly disappointing. That with Magnuson finishing twelfth, Schumacher thirteenth, and yeah. it's just been disappointing, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, it has been. Though we did, you know, see some nice dueling out there, both Schumacher and uh, um, Magnuson. It's still early in the day for me. Uh, they, they both put up a good fight when they had the opportunity. And it was Shane Magnuson, uh, you know, damaged his front wing end plate. And they gave him the meatball flag, which says you've got to come in and get your car looked at. Because that, that basically cost him his race right there.
0: Yeah. Did you hear Max Verstappen on the radio just whining about that? I, I don't know. I yeah. thought, I, thought, I yeah. guess that's, well, I, I guess it's a, if it's a safety thing, but yeah, it just seemed like a little bit whiny.
1: Well, there was a lot of whining out there. Lewis Hamilton was whining about, "You guys got to listen to me. I'm on the wrong tire again." And, and you know, uh, it just it gets me after a while. Well, this guy's racing me hard. Well, why is he out there? <laughs> this, this
0: guy won't. This guy won't get off my bumper.
1: Right.
0: Uh, all right, we do have a caller on the line. Ah, oh, we got a regular. We got Corvette Mike. He's calling from Baltimore. Hey, Corvette Mike, how's it going, buddy? Hey, you guys.
2: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Oh, pretty good. what you think of the race today? Uh, Mr. Varsha said it, you know, it become a procession there after the, the initial start. And then it got interesting. Uh, it did seem to be the uh, long shot on what to do about the track conditions and which tire to run. And as you said, everyone was whining and crying and but to uh, you guys already saying Chaco got out there and made it work with what was there and he was the first guy to break the water you know he had to push it all, so uh, he stayed yeah. on it and I think that is what got him up beside the uh safety car saying look I found a pace that works so let's keep this thing moving yeah well uh who are who
0: who are you a fan of Corvette Mike you've called in so many times I don't know if I ever asked you that
2: well, I, again, I'm always for the up-and-coming guy, whoever seems to be really working hard and struggling, and it was Chico. And, you know, when Red Bull picked him back up, it was, I thought, one of the best things that had happened. But I want to spend just a little bit, and thanks you guys, like, as Mr. Varsha alluded to, a couple of nods off. You traveling journalists that do journalists that do all of this uh series of stuff you know i'm tired i talk to you guys and i work a living myself you know you're living in a suitcase you're going here and there different times thank you guys for what you do we do appreciate it
0: well thank you mike i appreciate the call but we don't we don't travel every race chris medlin does but chris Chris is a a little younger than us so he he can he can get away with that but uh but thanks mike we appreciate you calling appreciate the kind word thanks for listening all that but uh, but yeah, look, guys, we we're we're doing what we love. We absolutely absolutely love this, so it's fun for us.
1: But, but yeah, and we the, would love to travel. We'd love to go to all the races if the budget were there. So,
0: absolutely, yeah, we got to go to Miami. We'll be in. Uh, we'll be of course we're here. I'm here in Austin. Bob's coming down for that. And, uh, but next year we'll be. Uh, we'll do Vegas as well. So we'll do all three races in the United States next year. And, uh, yeah, speaking of of late nights, we got Japan coming up next week, and that's a 1 a.m. Eastern start time, so that will be an early one. That'll be fun. Uh, but you know what? Let's go ahead and squeeze in a break, and when we come back, hopefully we'll get some interviews from Chris Medlin, who is on site at Singapore, and we'll continue to break down the race and bring you lots more after the break. Listen to Speed City back after these messages.
3: Hello to everyone. This is Günther Steiner. This is Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM.
0: CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. Our digital world is more than just interconnected. It's interdependent. And because of that, security is a top concern for every organization. The Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team knows they're a potential target for a host of digital attacks, which is why they leverage the CrowdStrike Falcon platform to deploy end-to-end security solutions. CrowdStrike revolutionized cybersecurity by harnessing the speed and power of the cloud to verify and stop the most sophisticated cyber attacks. Our cloud-native Falcon platform protects and defends organizations against increasingly complex threats, so you can have the peace of mind to focus on your business momentum, not what's trying to stop it. That's protection that powers you. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com slash XM. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We, uh, we are trying to wrap up the Singapore Grand Prix. And uh, let me give out the phone number, 512-643-5483. And we have, ah, I know who this is. We have a regular on the line. We got Drew on the line. And, Drew, I want to thank you for listening, for tweeting at us, for participating. And I know you're a huge Haas F1 fan like me, and I know this is disappointing for you.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I appreciate it. I uh, I can't help myself tweeting and listening. I enjoy the content so much, but I am uh, super frustrated with Haas today. You know, Russell and Mercedes, they had the same kind of issue. They were looking at the same track conditions, same everything. And then I love the idea that they're gonna try something different and put, you know, the slicks on on early. So they can get an edge, nothing to lose. And to me, that was kind of that winner's mentality, that competitive edge that I, I'm just not seeing from Haas that's breaking my heart. I wanted them to to really fight. Um, and it seemed like the only one who wanted to fight was Mick, you know, for, you know, the backmarkers.
0: Yeah, he was putting up a pretty good fight with, with Schumacher. I don't know if you heard the beginning, but uh, I was talking about what Russell said on his team radio. He said, yeah, Mick is fighting like it's. The race of his life and well and and drew it is the race of his life because we don't he doesn't know if he's going to have a formula one seat next year i mean it's honestly right now it's not looking good for that but i i mean i have to agree with you i want some more fight you know i i do love gunther steiner like everybody else but i i don't know i i saw him playing to the camera and stuff this time on twitter and i was like you know what i that's that's all good to have all that personality but let's I want some of that old Günther, where he's—you you remember what he was saying to, uh, well, to Mix earlier in the year and to uh, Mazepin last year. He was like, I "Come mean, on, I man!" I
3: fucked uh, the whole butter. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, he said yeah. that. And, but, but uh, you know, I want some more of that fire from, and, and it starts yeah. at the top, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I, I'd like to see a little bit more of the NASCAR team rub off on the F1 team. <laughs> I, I just don't see that that fire in the belly right now, other than, you know, I, I think Mick's showing it, but I think that's self-preservation. But even uh, Magnuson looked a little pedestrian out there, you know, they're just kind of just driving in the rain. Seems fun. And, and, you know,
0: it's Magnuson. We're used to seeing him go for a gap every time. And, <clears throat> we, you know, admit well, you're
1: it. Right. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, this, this these treacherous conditions made, you know, getting – You know, high, wide, and handsome out there, a pretty, you know, delicate operation. You get offline, and as we mentioned earlier, the track was never fully dry offline, and you might have, you know, wound up in the fence. So, although you're right, you want to see fight out there, by the same token, you got to let the driver judge the conditions as to where and when he's now, going to put up a fight.
4: Now, Bob, you put that logic aside. I'm on the couch. I know how hard it is out there. I, I'm in the cheap seat. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. How was your grip on that couch? <laughs>
4: yeah, it was good. It was it was tough track conditions from the couch to the fridge today. But, gentlemen, <laughs> thanks again, as always, and I'll be listening next week.
0: All right. Thanks, Drew.
4: All right. Thanks, Drew.
0: All right. We got another caller. We uh, we got Jason. Uh, Drew is in Florida. Jason's in New Mexico. Hey, Jason, how are you?
4: I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys today?
0: Uh, we're doing great. We just got to watch a Formula One race. Uh, so, what did you think?
4: Um, it was an interesting race. I mean, I only got to listen to part of it. Uh, I listened to the end of it, and I'm you know I'm glad to see Perez win again this year. Uh, you know, I can't really say much else about it other than that. It's, you know, it's great to see that the fight's coming down. It's not a blow for blow like it was kind of last year.
0: Well, we would we definitely want to see some battles and Verstappen, I mean, I, every time I saw Verstappen make a move today, I was thinking he can he can risk anything and everything it doesn't matter. When he locked up that one time trying to go around Lando and I mean, he just he has nothing to lose right now with the championship you know in the bag. It's just a matter of when not if but when. So that's that's a little sad, but uh but I agree with you on the Checo win. Definitely wanna I I, I think everybody is a bit of a fan for Checo because he, you know, yep. he did not have the uh the 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 great seat, the great drives and the great car for so many years. So it's good to have him in that. But uh but Jason, thank you. We appreciate you calling and uh, appreciate you listening. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that was a um, that was a good day all around for Checo. Uh, you know, as we mentioned the pre-race show, he's been through a rough pass recently. hasn't been on the podium in that Red Bull for five or six races. So oh. for him to come through and dominate a race like he did today, uh, Statman tells us he becomes the fifty eighth driver in the history of the series to lead a race from start to finish. Mm, so okay. good on him. Yep, maybe that's the Mexican way.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, maybe that's it. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, we have an interview that Chris, Model- Chris Medlin just got for us. He caught up with McLaren team principal, Andreas Seidel. Let's hear that.
5: Andreas, we spoke about it before the race on the grid, and you said a race of two halves, one driver attacking from the back, one trying to hold on in sixth, and you end up fourth and fifth. Could
3: you imagine it would have gone that well? Uh, no, obviously. Very, very happy with the, with the outcome. The team did an excellent job today in, uh, in a difficult race two great drives keeping it together not going off we have seen how difficult it was today how many people went off or even even crashed and yeah thanks to a great teamwork between drivers and the team made the right calls at any uh, time of the race uh, didn't take any unnecessary risks. that's why we also waited with uh, switching to the to the slick tires and uh, obviously very important result for us.
5: It seemed to really hinge on the timing of the safety car and your pit stops and, and almost waiting for maybe another incident to happen. It, was that in your mind too? Was it just about finding clear air? Because it came together perfectly then.
3: No, it wasn't about waiting for, for safety cars because it's difficult to plan. It was more about monitoring what other guys did like uh, George who switched early to mediums and in the end Uh, it still seemed too risky uh, to go too early and uh, especially with Lando at the time and we both drivers we were in actually in quite good positions in this first stint I think we were P5 and P10 so there was no point to risk anything it was more about making sure we stay at least in these positions
5: well and then like you say then it all came together you end up in fourth and fifth and let's start with daniel i mean to come through from the back and he's had a tough year such a challenging race in tricky conditions how impressed you with that drive today
3: yeah very impressive and obviously very happy for him for the entire team for his side of the garage as well because that's what uh, that was a result we were working hard for uh, all year and obviously important for him important for us as a team to score these points and yeah, great motivational boost now for the entire team to simply keep working hard. Um, getting now a package on Daniel's car in, uh, in Japan, and then obviously it will be interesting how this new package will work then on the more normal track again. And um, yeah, we are aware of the tough competition we are facing with, uh, with Alpine, uh, but at the same time, I think we have everything in terms of drivers, team, and the car in order to keep this battle alive. We are back in P4, back in the game, uh, with this great result today, so... Looking forward to the final five races of
5: the season. Hey, as you mentioned, got ahead of Alpine now with the car's pace. I mean, did you expect such a quick turnaround? Because there was a, a spell where they just seemed to have an edge on you on most circuits.
3: Uh, I wouldn't say that they had, that were clearly clearly ahead. It was going backwards and forwards, depending on the tracks, if you look at the last five, five six races. Uh, but, for sure, they are strong as well, they keep developing their car as well, they have two strong drivers as well, so we are fully aware that uh, it will be a tough battle, but hopefully we can this battle, uh, keep this battle alive until the last lap in uh, in Abu Dhabi, um, and obviously trying to uh, get this P4 again. Mm. Would Japan suit you? So difficult to predict this year, <laughs> we have seen big swings. Uh, in terms of performance, depending on the setup you can run, tire selection, ambient conditions. But I think with the steps he made it with the car um, in France already and also for here, um, it, should, it should suit us. Um, but as I said before, Alpine will be strong as well. So heads down and keep going. Good, mm. All right, nice job, Chris. Yeah, uh,
0: the fact that they moved ahead of the Alpine team with that. That was yep. a nice day. Uh, <clears throat> the producer just brought me a printout. I feel like a I feel like Walter Cronkite when he brings these in, but
1: just, just trust him. This, <laughs> very yeah, good. you got to hold your you got to hold your hand up here like this. And, you know, just, just like oh, yeah, that. on your ear. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, all right, this is from the stewards to the team manager at uh, Oracle Red Bull Racing regarding. Checo Perez, it's a driver and team representative required to report to the stewards at 2355, which I guess is in five minutes. In relation to the incident below, driver number 11, Sergio Perez, alleged breach of Article 55.10 of the FIA Formula One sporting regulations, not keeping within 10 lengths of the safety car. The question is, Ah. is it not keeping within 10 lengths? Is it going to be a 10-second penalty and change the outcome of the race post? I, I hate that when that happens, but... I yeah. guess we'll find out in about that's, uh, five minutes.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was because he was too close to the safety car. Instead, he was too far back. I remember Sebastian Vettel in Hungary once getting whacked with that same penalty for, for not staying within 10 car lengths of the safety car. That's, it's the you know, race control way of controlling the bunch up before the race goes green once again. So, yeah, uh, I, the, the pit wall should have been telling Checo, you know make sure you stay up there, but
0: well, they, you know, they did Bob come on and give us some, give him some of that. He said, uh, they didn't taste say 10 seconds. They said five. And so when he got to, when he got out, you know, like seven and a half, uh, they were, they were saying, okay, you're good. Uh, and what did, what was Checo's response? He said, uh, disappear. He said, let's just disappear. Well, he didn't, he didn't quite disappear, I, and I'm, you know, we're speculating. I don't know what the, the penalty could be. It could, it not, it had nothing to do with time. So we shall yeah. see. Uh, well,
1: you know, the, the the rule is not ten seconds, but ten car lengths of the safety car. And uh, I too don't know what the potential penalty might be. But I mean, it can't be too harsh for crying out loud. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh,
0: that, that's what I was thinking. It if it's a five second penalty, or is it going to be a 10-second penalty for this infraction of of too far yeah. back,
1: so and and why are we waiting so long? You know, I mean, it would be a fairly clear mistake, something easily verifiable by looking at the uh, at the videotape coverage of the race. I mean, you're either within ten car lengths of, you're not, and if you're not, you know, here's the penalty, and off we go. But instead, now we're we're all kind of hanging on whether or not Checo's going to be allowed to keep the win in this race.
0: I know it is. It is one thing that I do not like the way that they handle this is post race. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a quote from yeah. Checo. Uh, he was awarded the driver of the day, which is a pretty obvious one, I would think, today. I mean, since mm-hmm. He won wire-to-wire. Wire, he says, this was my best performance in F1. The last three laps were so intense, I gave everything for the win today. I think I would have thought that he said, instead of last three laps, the last 30 laps is what it felt like mm-hmm. watching it.
1: Yeah. Now, that was a... It was a brilliant drive, no question about it. I mean, the Ferraris couldn't do anything with them. And, you know, the Verstappens and Hamiltons of the world couldn't, you know, hoist themselves up into the deep into the top 10 and stay there. So, you know, under the conditions, it was a great drive. And, again, I think that mitigates against a big penalty for something as, uh, as mundane as staying close to the safety car. Granted, a rule is a rule. But, I mean, how many restarts did we have today? How many... Virtual yeah. safety cars and local yellows and full safety cars. I mean, that's yeah, it's just a lot to get your arms around.
0: Okay, Bob, I'm looking at the driver standings now and ignoring Max Verstappen because he, he has a 100-plus point lead over Leclerc. But Leclerc mm-hmm. at 237. Checo now, after today, 235. So mm-hmm. right on top of him. Two points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-point difference between Leclerc and Perez. Of course, Russell and fourth down at 203 but uh the constructor standings red bull big lead at 576 ferrari next at 439 and now that gap has grown to mercedes down to 373 so a pretty good gap now um Mm -hmm. for ferrari over mercedes and of course mclaren now passes alpine Yep. Um, McLaren in fourth with 129 over Alpine at 125, so that's really tight. And then it drops off big time down to 52 points for Alfa Romeo, and then and then Aston Martin 37 and Haas 34, uh, and tied with Alpha Tari at 34, and then Williams down at six. So yeah, uh, you know I battles guess, throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about Haas right now. They they're three, only three points off of Aston Martin, which is actually kind of surprising. You know, and we were talking about Haas a while ago with Drew, the caller, and he was saying he wants to see more battling. But one problem I have that we're all going to have with that is that the TV producers aren't giving us much. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know how much I saw Haas at all today other than that little, little bit of battle there that Schumacher was having. Um, yeah,
1: with George and Russell. Magnuson banging up the front wing in the early. Labs. Yeah.
0: In the early part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that was about it. I saw for, uh, for Haas coverage. What about you?
1: No, I, I totally agree. In fact, I would expand that and say we didn't see enough of, of all of those battles between teams closely bunched for position in the, uh, incredibly lucrative constructor standings. I mean, that's where the money is paid. So if you've got two, three, anything less than a, 15 point gap, let's say to pick a number, um, you know, those are crucial positions in the race for these teams. And so, you know, if, if the Verstappen's and the Leclerc's of the world are going to disappear over the horizon, then let's see what the McLaren versus Alpine battle is. And the, uh, and the other ones that you mentioned that are very, very close, even all the way down to, uh, you know, that tie on 30 odd points between, uh, Alfa Romeo and, uh, and Alfa Tari. I mean, those are important points.
0: Mm. Okay. Interesting points on YouTube. Kevin Kelly says F1 TV did a review on both restarts and he could be penalized for both. That's interesting. Maybe that's what's going on. You know, they you need to look at my sheet here. It doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really go into any more detail. Um,
1: well, but you yeah. got to give them due process. You got to hear out the the team, hear what, the team and the driver have to say, and then, you know, rule accordingly.
0: Uh, Joe of Oyster Bay says, he says, I fell asleep too, Bob, but it is earlier here on the West coast. Next week won't be bad. 10 PM here for most of the events. I can deal with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. 10 PM. The reason I knew that because 10 PM is this is the Vegas start time in Vegas, which is the same as next weekend in Japan, 1 AM Eastern, uh, uh, noon here in Austin and 10 p.m. in Vegas. Uh, but, all right, guys, I'm looking at the clock. We got to get a quick break in when we come back. We'll hope to get some more from Chris Medlin, who's still in Singapore, and we'll continue to break it down for you back after these messages.
4: Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on
0: Sirius XM. All right, welcome back. We were just talking about during the break, Bob, and I were talking about that Singapore set a record for 302,000 fans. And I'm um, just looking at some pictures of the crowd. Yeah, it looks like it. Bob, you were talking about at the, uh, the sliding scale that, that Miami did. I'd forgotten about that.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, uh, more races are going to that now. Uh, certainly, we know Las Vegas is going to, that the price of tickets is going to be based on on demand. and as fewer and fewer tickets are available. I suppose the price will go up and up. In contrast, uh, you and I talked about this in our production call, John. The folks at Spa have now put next year's Belgian Grand Prix tickets on sale, and they start at... Uh, I think it was $182 yeah. for a three-day general admission ticket, which means you can walk one of the most eminently walkable and exciting racetrackets on the circuit for, you know, the equivalent of about 60 bucks a day, which, you know, in in the motorsports world sounds reasonable to me. So I'll be interested to see if that's a a strategy, let's say, by the folks in Belgium who have only a one-year extension of their Formula One deal, despite all the money they put into that racetrack in the last year, uh, whether it's a strategy by them to get even more people through the gates so they can go back to Formula One and say, see, we're among the most popular, most productive races on the calendar, so we deserve to stay here. And, and if so, I hope that it succeeds with flying colors.
0: We need uh, we need virtual Statman to tell us the prices because I was thinking as you say that Austin mm-hmm. this year is roughly double that for a three day pass after yeah. after tax and everything it's going to be about three hundred and seventy five bucks or something like that. I just wonder. Yeah. I've seen this before, but I haven't seen it in, in a number of years about ticket prices around the world. But that is interesting strategy though if they if they truly are doing that because that is cheap. 180 bucks, that's what that's what the very first three-day passes were for Coda back in 2012, ten years ago. So that yeah. is a pretty pretty reasonable price these days for an F1 race. So it's interesting to see if they are trying to pump up the crowd and see if that um see if that is what they're after. Let me get yeah. out the phone number. We've had some good calls. Let's get some more. 512-643-5483-512-643 live. And yeah, we had a uh, a full hour delay. Uh, I noticed a few people. Uh, I had some I had people on Twitter commenting. They were going, "Oh, I'm glad it was a delay. I got up at the normal time and <laughs> and tuned in, and and the race was just starting. Didn't realize it was a delay. So uh, yeah, that was good for those folks. Uh, but let me just look at the uh, at the finish, Bob, because we had talked about um. We talked about how what a great day for McLaren and a bad day
1: for mm-hmm. uh, both for Alpine
0: for Alpine and a not a not a good day for Mercedes. But um,
1: but what else tickled your fancy from today's race, Bob? Uh, well, it was not a great day for Williams. We would have to say, uh, and we keep waiting for them to uh, to resurface. Um, a lot of attrition, as we pointed out, only 14 finishers. That's the lowest for a long, long time. Uh, good day for Pierre Gasly, as he essentially auditions for a seat at the table next year. Um, you know, he qualified well for the first time in a long time and finished well, um, scoring in successive races for the first time since way back at Saudi Arabia and Australia in the first, what, three races in the season. So, Good day for him uh kind of a good day for sebastian vettel you know he's he's uh, mm-hmm. waving goodbye to one track after another in his uh, glittering career and uh did not qualify well felt very very badly you may have seen his radio transmission after being knocked out in qualifying uh in q1 saying it's over you know we're done we're done we're done um but then he came back and had a solid race today, and you know got to mix it up nose to tail with the Verstappen the Verstappen's and the Hamiltons, and and uh, and those guys because they were having problems too. And um, so and it was good to see those guys running close to each other um, because time's passing. Louisville this year probably won't be long before we lose Hamilton, and um, you know I went through this with the PK Mansell Prost Senna. Schumacher, Michael, that is, um, and others. You know, they come and they go. And uh, a lot of people like to complain about oh, Schumacher used to win all the races, and Mansell won all the races one year, and Senna won all the races. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you look around and those guys are gone, and you think, wait, wait, wait. You know, I'm, I I want to see them again. You know, I yeah. I witnessed them at the height of their powers, and they're all their great races, and I I want that again. But when time is gone, it's gone.
0: All right, well, Chris Medlin is on the ground for us, and he's not live with us today because we've got bad connection, but he is getting some interviews, and he just caught up with Red Bull boss Christian Horner.
5: Christian, we'll keep you cycling uh, let's, let's through all the interviews that you have to put up with at the end of a race because you keep winning races. Um, another win, but where do we start with that one? Uh, Checo's drive, it's just how good was that?
6: Because he deserves it. I mean, that was outstanding. That was his best-ever performance, I think, in Formula 1, and I think that... Uh, huge pressure he converted the start you know intermediates safety cars virtual safety cars he just kept a cool head kept looking after the tires was able to pull away from Charles then obviously went on to the slicks then a safety car and then being the lead car you know it's always very very difficult in those conditions because everybody is is getting their reference from the car ahead and of course he didn't have that so to manage it the way he did and uh, in the end, he finally broke the DRS and was able to pull out a healthy lead um, for, a, for an incredible victory. Really, really fantastic. Well, like you say, those final laps, because you guys needed him to, we don't know what will happen with this Stewart's investigation.
5: And he had the pace in hand and made no errors. I mean, how impressive was that stint to put in such a,
6: a burst of pace? It was hugely impressive. I mean, a massive performance by him. And of course, you never know with, with penalties for us. There's so many precedents we could pull out. I mean, Sebastian recently uh you know it would be brutally harsh to to penalize him for that, um, let alone take a victory away so uh, uh, you know i 'm sure the stewards want to hear checo 's side of things i 'm sure there 's been an awful lot of moaning, um, but uh, you know that that seems to be the flavor of the month this week well specifically was it for dropping back too far behind the safety car or was it getting too close i believe so i think that's what in the report it, it says but i mean how many times have we seen that on formation laps behind safety cars when you look further behind the grid you've only got a you know you can you can see it so often almost every time we have a safety car well we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that but then
5: with maxi and the eventful race as well i mean for once uh, in this season a difficult start for him he didn't go forward
6: it was he got an anti-stall and that uh, put him out of sync and and then uh, you know he did well to avoid getting clobbered in the first couple of turns, and and he was patient. He fought his way back up through the field. Um, got it. He got unlucky with a after he just turned to change the slicks. Then the safety car comes out. Lando gets a free stop, um, and he got a great run at him on the restart. But because he hadn't had the chance to get any temperature in the tire, the car just bottomed very badly, and then he locked up and killed the fronts. Pit stop again. Uh, and then wow what a recovery from there I mean uh, those last five laps where he passed Lewis and Sebastian on the last lap you know vital points for him yeah and it
5: means he heads to Japan with a good chance of wrapping up the title there I know there's a big day on Wednesday where I bet you can't wait to have some official comments that you can make how frustrating has this weekend been having speculation rumor accusations flying around and how keen are you to kind of be able to move ahead with that this coming week
6: well look you know there's been an awful lot of conjecture uh, and allegations that have been made against the team which have been totally unfair and um you know it's uh it, it it's not sporting of our competitors to do that you know the fia um you know we have to trust in them and their process and then we'll see what they uh y- you know all the teams are, are yet to hear uh what the outcome is well you know this week so uh so let's see what that 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 is and uh but yeah very disappointing uh,
5: what's your hope for this week just finally is it to uh, be able to move on from it or is it to uh, have clarity I mean what do you expect to happen on Wednesday because as I've just mentioned I mean Max could be crowned on next Sunday and, and we might be talking about something else again
6: well look uh, we are t- very confident in our submission um, these things have to be signed off obviously by uh, our auditors uh, and, and, and yeah we're, we're very confident in the submission that we've made that we are fully within the cap um, so uh, yeah, you know, let, let's go through the process, and uh, as all teams are doing, and see what comes out the other side. Okay, great stuff. And just finally, perfect world wins the title in front of Honda's fans in Japan. Look, uh, you know, to win it anywhere would be amazing. But uh, you know, Honda is a great, great to be heading back to Japan and and looking forward to it. Great stuff, Christian. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, that's that is going to be really fascinating to see this what happens on Wednesday for on so many levels, not just whether or not it's Red Bull because. We don't know if it's going to be Red Bull. We're just hearing the rumors that he's going to be that they're going to be fined. And and by the way, just to clarify that, what they're what he's talking about is the FIA is is doing their budget cap reconciliations, checking records. Which I'd really be fascinated by the all that process about what every team is spending under this budget cap. And the rumors have been that Red Bull is going to get busted for doing some for spending more money than they should have, essentially, and. The rumors have been that Red Bull has been the, the biggest offender, and, uh, but, but they have said that the FAA said they're going to come out Wednesday and tell us what that's all about. So we shall see, but we have another caller on the line. We have a gentleman from Chicago by the name of Eric. Hey, Eric, welcome to the show.
4: How's it going?
0: Good. What's going on? What's on your mind today?
4: I'm just impressed by Aston Martin today. I think Bottas had a great race, keeping Verstappen behind for a number of laps. And so got to give it up to Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, he's had a tough, tough couple of races and qualified poorly, and still managed to get a good result for McLaren with Lando Norris.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I was hoping Chris would catch up with Daniel Ricciardo because uh, he, you know, he's been so down, and he, his attitude was a little better. I speculated in the in the pre-race show that his attitude he seemed more upbeat because maybe he'd made a decision about it. But I'm really glad for him to have a good finish today finishing 5th and uh and, and and you know what I think I think we may have Chris on the line. Chris, we got a caller there. I didn't and, finish 5th. And we're sitting here talking about Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> and we wanted you to grab and grab, grab a Daniel and talk to him.
5: Well, I tell you what, I am trying to do exactly that. I am look he's just joined the the live Formula 1 show and he is glugging back as much water as he can. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd try and stalk him for a bit to see how he feels. He does have a smile on his face, even though he's very tired. Um, and he's getting mobbed because this is an extremely busy um, paddock. And with everyone trying to pack up and get to Suzuka, I'd say it's too busy, to be honest. Uh, so there's a lot of people that aren't able to get their equipment through. There's a lot of people that can't pack things up. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a mess down here. But uh, Daniel is the center of attention while he speaks to Formula One right now about How his day went he's been doing media for a good half an hour uh which shows that people are interested in how his day went as well they they want to see daniel do well so um yeah it's it's good that he had a day i just just caught the end of your answer there john and it is really good to see him have a a day like this uh i was speaking to Andreas Seidel, who i think we've heard from on this show already yep um and before i interviewed him uh he was waiting he wanted to congratulate daniel himself and give him a big hug and kind of show the teams behind him so that was uh, a really nice touch as well Oh, Nice. Well, by the way, thanks Eric for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, well, what else? What's the
0: feel, Chris? We haven't had, had a chance to talk to you much since the race.
5: Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been messy in here. It's, uh, it's been very busy and I really feel for a lot of mechanics actually that are trying to just uh, do their jobs in and around uh, a lot of body. Um, it's, I guess it's the lingering thing of what happens with Checo and this uh, investigation, um, spoke to Christian Horner, who I don't know if we played out. Yeah, yet. we got that one. Uh, there we go um so when i spoke to chris jr he talked about it being brutal didn't he if he loses that win but at the same time you've got to apply rules so we'll have to see what the uh stewards come up with after uh checkers visited them he's done that already he went about 20 minutes ago to the stewards uh so he's already gone and sort of pleaded his case and you know in many ways that's that's a good thing for him he's been able to state his side of things from behind the wheel and uh, and red Bull got a chance to argue their point of view but that's not been the case for For everyone each time and you know we're in that annoying situation aren't we where we're long after a race is finished and we don't know actually who's won it yeah so that's i think there's that there's that kind of feeling right now of like well what is the final result here um we'll kind of wait and see but um yeah it's uh the, the very buoyant place to be at the moment is uh mclaren based on the day they've had and getting themselves ahead of alpine less so at alpine themselves but um i'm actually going to try and doorstep mike crack who as i've said those words has just appeared so i'm going to chase him (laughs) uh, because aston martin had an excellent day um and i don't know if he'll yeah uh, give me a bit of time while i'm uh (laughs) while i uh try and doorstop him celebrating a little bit um, Uh, while you're doing that
0: i'll read a comment off youtube kevin kelly says um he says, I just saw Medlin walk by the F1 TV post-race coverage, show coverage. So he's, he's watching you on television.
5: Just getting in the way all the time. I'm going to grab Mike quickly. Mike, if I may, just ask, while we're live on air in America, how happy you are with that result today?
7: Yeah, quite happy. I think uh, it was good that we made a step in the, in the constructors. Both drivers did really, really well not uh, keeping a foot wrong uh you saw it was many many people who, who did so uh yeah it was quite good um it was was critical to keep keep your head down uh, not not to change too early to th- the tires and uh yeah and try to 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 bring it home at the end of the day because many people didn't
5: yeah and, and how much strategically are you pleased with the way the team operated because as you say there was there's plenty of uh room for errors today
7: yeah, yeah but you know everybody was waiting when is the time to move to to change tires and uh uh, I think the, the the trap that was there today out there was you know to move to change too early and then also uh, get caught out on the on the wet patches uh, like many drivers did. So I think from that point of view, I, I think team team did really well. You know, not to go too early and then also. Uh, uh after that you know to 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 for the drivers to tell to let them know when where is it wet and where it isn't and uh yeah and, and not try to to fall into the mistake that others did
5: and yeah just a, a word on lance he sometimes gets a bit of uh, unfair criticism for the way he sometimes performs but in tricky conditions like this he seems to come alive
7: yeah but this is nothing new for us uh it is you guys that try that um I, I i keep saying that he's much much better than his reputation uh we always see as soon as it is wet he's there so uh, I'm really happy that uh, he, he could materialise today, that he got the point, points that he's already for a while. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy for him. Um, and as I said, you know, he,
5: he, he's good. And just finally, because you're a manager, man in demand, I know you've got some more people to speak to. But uh, hopes to Suzuka, do you think that's going to be a, a tough weekend for you? Or do you reckon the car might be OK around there?
7: No, I think we will be OK. I mean, we have had several updates uh, since Sanford, uh, another one here. Uh, we'll have a very small update also in in Suzuka, so I'm I'm confident that uh, we can maybe do like we did in uh, in Sanford and maybe better.
5: We look forward to seeing how you do. Thank you very much. for your time. Thank you. There we go. The uh, happy Aston Martin team principal Mike Crack and I've just annoyed uh, half of my print colleagues because I tuckered in <laughs> before he spoke to them. So uh, I'm just here just here making friends tonight.
1: All it could right, happen well, to a nicer bunch of guys.
0: <laughs> All right, well, coming up, coming up after this, we'll have more from Chris Medlin in Singapore, and we'll finish up our coverage of today's Formula One Singapore Grand Prix.
2: Hello, I'm Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on
0: Sirius XM. The Speed City F1 post-race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Don't forget that XM. Speaking of CrowdStrike, George Kurtz, the CEO of CrowdStrike, was racing at Petit Le Mans yesterday, Bob, and he's going to be racing again next week, right?
1: Yeah, he was racing uh, in a very good car too with John Bennett and Colin Brown in the core autosport uh car. Uh I know they didn't finish the race. They had a, a pretty troubled day and the uh, the car eventually suffered crash damage. Um, but yeah, I mean George is uh is quite the enthusiast and quite a good driver. He's gonna be at the uh the, the um GT America series event next week in Indianapolis, where I'll be working on the race call with Ryan Marine and Calvin Fish. So uh, maybe I'll stop by and thank him on behalf of all of our fans for sponsoring the show.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Chris Mendlin, we've got the interview you did with Ricardo all queued up. You want to you want to lead it out for us?
5: Well, yeah, you demanded I go and find him and have a word with him. And I just butted in as he was trying to walk back to the McLaren motorhome. (laughs) Um, And I can confirm uh, when he says something in the middle of this that he did hug me. <laughs>
3: All
0: right, let's I mean, hear that. Have fucked, uh, the whole <laughs> Okay, now let's <laughs> hear <it>. Now let's <laughs> hear the Daniel Ricardo
5: interview. I'm gonna give it a go while Daniel's walking and talking, just to say, Daniel, how satisfied are you with your weekend's work here, mate? Because it must have been a hard one.
0: Yeah, mate. It's um, I'm very happy just to finally be back in the top top five, and uh, it's been a while. It's actually Saudi last year was my last top five, so. Yeah, I know. This is pretty sad. <laughs> Give me a cuddle. <laughs>
4: um,
5: but, uh, but no, you're too sweaty.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. I've changed. I've changed. Um, cheers, mate. But uh, yeah, just uh, I don't even know. What was your question? So, oh, am I tired? It's late. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty tired. Um, I think already like 8 p.m. is pretty late. Let alone a, a nine or something start and going at the whole two hours. So, want to have a good sleep tonight. But. Uh, yeah, maybe a beer with the team as well.
5: As uh, well, done, well done this weekend, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> 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 very nicely done, Mr. Medlin. He was uh, still being mobbed by all the fans, but um, I didn't even ask him if he was tired, did I? I? I just asked him how happy he was, but I think that shows <laughs> how tired he was, that he then <laughs> took it and turned it into a different question. But uh, yeah, he was very, very pleased. And he did, at the end of that, looked over my shoulder. at The team were all waiting for him there. Lots of them still outside, obviously, happy at McLaren with their day's work. Uh, and, yeah, he was very keen for a beer, which I imagine most people in this kind of car right now. Mm. Uh, you didn't
0: get to squeeze in the question that inquiring minds want to know of what's he going to do next year. Obviously, he wouldn't answer that. But I, 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 I don't know. He just has seemed so much more upbeat lately. I, I feel like he's made some decision, but I guess time will tell. We shall see. But, yeah, very exciting
5: to see him finishing in the top five. I can't believe it's been that long, though. Nor me. That was the thing. I, yeah. I raised my eyebrows when he said it. That's why he was like, yeah, I know. It's sad. Um, I, I just, I thought he got one earlier this year. I mean, he had that Melbourne run, but I guess it was that fifth and sixth that McLaren got in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, that was a strong result still. Yeah. But it turned out, yeah, it wasn't top five. So caught me out as well. That.
0: Mm. Uh, well, what else is going on, Chris? Any, any of the other thoughts? And nothing, obviously, we haven't heard anything about Perez yet, right? Because you would have said something. Not
4: yet.
5: Yeah, no, not yet, but I have um, seen some quotes from Mattia Bonotto. I've just been doing some digging and uh, relying on those uh, print colleagues that I was annoying earlier at the Mike Crack session. Uh, but it was that Bonotto says uh, they think there was two infringements and that both should be for uh, five-second time penalties for Perez. Um, that's how they see it, but that they'll trust the stewards and kind of, you know, that's that's how they believe it should go or could go. Uh, but if it doesn't then it doesn't and and they'll accept that um but he said yeah hopefully that's the way it goes and it changes the results so i think they were saying to the clerk you know they said to him stay within five seconds but they were adamant he had to stay within 10 seconds and not back off on that final lap uh so um yeah it's still still within range isn't it so seven and a half seconds was the gap uh, yep. at the flag so if he did infringe twice and they penalize either i guess if you if you penalize for one you're going to do it for both so could well happen. Um, and he, he referenced Antonio Giovanazzi back, I think he said Spa 2020. Um, mm. I'm just frantically racking my notes to see uh, exactly what comment was he gave. It was, yes, yeah, G- well, just Giovanazzi in 2020. He says he thinks it was a five second time penalty for that infringement, uh, which was not remaining within 10 car lengths of the safety car before the lights went out. And we did hear Lewis Hamilton mention that, didn't we, live at the time on his team radio. He said Checo had dropped back too far before the safety yeah. car had said it was coming in and the lights had gone out. So it's not just Ferrari not seeing this. Um the one, yeah, the, the little bit of buzz that I actually got was I said it before we went to that last break that you know, I guess they get a chance to plead their case, but there's a few people around here going, it can't take this long, it should it should have been done in the race. You know, there was there's was a lot going on, but the stewards had plenty of time to note that first incident, and it took ages for them to even put it on the race control screen to say, Oh, we've seen something here and then to decide, oh, we'll look at it after the race. You don't get that in many other sports, do you? Where there could be yeah, something that's no. crucial to the to the overall <clears throat> outcome and you go, we'll wait and see. But um, as I speak, uh, Checo is just walking down the paddock right now. Um, I don't know if Ooh. I'm gonna be able to ask him anything because he's uh, a busy man. In fact, he's already been uh, cornered. So um, I don't <laughs> think I'm gonna get to, to put anything to him, but uh, he's just come back from, um, they've done the press conference, he's been to the stewards and now he's off to speak to the TV crews uh, and, we'll await the outcome from uh, the stewards so I'll keep an eye on my email inbox to see if anything drops while we're still on it
0: i know we've only got a has couple he, couple minutes left what are you going to say bob
1: has he chained himself to the trophy
5: <laughs> <laughs> no there was no sign of the trophy actually the only ones i've seen have been the ferrari ones uh, one of their yeah. employees was walking around with uh, second and third place ones in their hands and i wonder if they're just thinking hopefully we get the swaps oh
1: yeah. boy oh boy well, you know, the old legal truism is the longer the jury stays out, the more it militates in favor of the plaintiff. Well, now that I think about it, I guess Checo is probably the defendant in this situation. So I was about to ask you, Good which one, one is die. which? Don't take the law into your own hands. You take them to court. <laughs> okay. Oh.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris, we're, uh, we're down to about a minute and a half left. So we'll probably end up having to tweet about it and see what happens here. But... Um, any final thoughts from today's race that Bob and I were talking about? Bob actually dozed off, he said, at one point early in the race, which I don't blame him, but it certainly got exciting towards the end.
5: Yeah, it, it's always a, a bit of a slow burner, isn't it, here, because it's so long, um, and a lot of the approaches don't make a mistake because you know it's so easy to do, but also it almost feels inevitable. It's these drivers' fatigue. Um, the interview we did on the midweek show, actually, on Wheel to Wheel with Uh, Rupert Manwaring, color Sciences trainer, was about how the drivers just get hotter and hotter and hotter, and your body starts to shut down in certain places, and it's you can't keep your concentration because you are overheating. That's the problem in these cars. So the longer the race goes on, the more things start to happen, and that's exactly how today played out. Yeah, Um, yeah, I think it was, it it had its moments. Uh, I think Verstappen. At times, got a bit lucky with certain things bringing him back into the frame, but then his final stint was very, very impressive um, to get himself, you know, limit the damage. But hey, there's a chance that the title rolls on to Austin, so that's a good sign, I'd say. Yeah, that's what that's the uh, the glass half full uh,
0: approach on this, which is fine by me if it happens in Austin. All right, well, Chris makes, buddy. We're out of time. We will watch your Twitter to find out what happens with Sergio Perez. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Thanks, Bob Varsha, Les Kaiser, and we will talk to you guys next Sunday. Thanks for tuning in.